When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, everybody. This is the Cricket Badger podcast. Each badger marks the track with its own scent. His black legs are short but very powerful for digging. The name badger probably comes from the French word bêche, meaning digger. Hello, badges everywhere. Welcome to another edition of the podcast, the last edition of 2019. When I recorded this chat with Graham Hardcastle as we went through the badges for 2019 to give out the awards, the end of season awards, the end of year awards, I had a severe bout of man flu, so I wasn't particularly sparkling. So I do apologise for my side of this podcast. I think we still get the awards out okay, and I think we still made the right decisions as we went through the award ceremonies. But the men out there, will realise what I was up against. I was close to death at times and um, glad I came through it. But uh, hopefully you enjoy the awards ceremony because 2019 was a rather special year for cricket. Two things before we get into the awards ceremony. I'd like to welcome aboard the Cricket Badger podcast, the Experience Travel Group, who if you are looking to go to Sri Lanka in March, are the people for you because they provide superb holidays that involve the cricket with like-minded people. What more would you want? So there's a a couple of adverts in this Cricket Badger podcast to promote their wares. And thank you to them for their support as we enter 2020. And finally from me, before we get into the glitz and glamour of the awards ceremony, thank you so much for listening to the podcast in increasing numbers in 2019. It's been a, a real pleasure to present it. There's been some fantastic things to talk about. Cricket has been great. We've had the Ashes, we've had the World Cup, we've had superb cricket played all over the globe. And with you alongside me, with your comments and support and ratings on podcast platforms, etc. It has started to snowball into something quite something I'm very proud of, the Cricket Badger podcast. So thank you very much for your part in that. 
and stick with us through 2020 because cricket badgers we don't just give up on cricket because it's a it's a different year cricket badgers stay with cricket through thick and thin and you should do that with the podcast as well or i really hope you do so without further ado enough of me blathering on let's get into the awards the cricket badger awards for 2019 it's the badgers it's that badger style Welcome along, everybody, to the second annual Badgers, the awards for the cricket season just gone. And, uh, well, we have 10 Badgers to give out tonight. It's actually technically 12, but you'll see why that is in just a second. I have donned my dinner jacket. There is a Graham Hardcastle, regulars of the Cricket Badger podcast will know that name. He is dressed in his best ball gown. We have to delay recording because he had a mouthful of minstrels. But, Graham, I think you're empty mouth and ready to go. All good. Marvellous. Let's start then. Let's start. Well, let's get straight into it because we can talk about this, the year as we go through these awards. The best emerging player under 25 or 25 and under at the time of this vote. The holder from last year is Sam Curran, who had a stellar 2018. Hasn't been nominated this time around because he was, uh, well, hasn't played quite as much as he did the year before. And the nominations were Tom Banton, Barbara Zam. Marnus Labashain and Rishabh Pant. Before I read out the, the results of this award, Graham, any of those stand out for you? Who would you have voted for? A couple of them do. Um, one, um, Banton, Tom Banton. Um, he, I mean, he's so dynamic. He, he turned plenty of heads in county cricket in, in 2019. Um, and he's just starting to do the same around the world in various competitions, isn't he? He had a good T10 um, in Abu Dhabi only recently and um, it has been talked up as a, a, as a kind of exciting signing for the Brisbane Heat. I realise he's only going to be there for a, a short period of time whilst, whilst they're waiting on AB de Villiers, but he could have a, um, a, a still have an impact there. Um, the, the one, though, that, that, I, that, that leaped out at me from that list was Manus... Um, Labashane, Labaskakne, however you however you want to say it, um, he he's just kind of torn it up, hasn't he, over the last six months or so, ever since he he was kind of Steve Steve Smith's concussion replacement. He's he's just gone from strength to strength, and it is is now being talked about, which, which seems a little bit over the top, as as better than Smith. Um, I, I, I'm not quite 100 percent sure that's the case. Um, certainly quite yet but he's, his form has been spectacular there's no doubt about that I think you summed up that, right, that rather nicely there Graham, because this was a Twitter vote that we put out this morning um, and Tom Banton was in second Barbara Azam was in third Richard Pant was the fourth place in that vote and the winner of the emerging player of the year 2019 is Manus and you're quite right that Ashes series when he came in for Smith there was one moment in that where he was batting at Lords. Jofra Archer, he was quickly gaining a reputation, bowled a short ball at him. It hit him on the, on the skull. It knocked him down for a second. It put him on his backside. And he was like a weeble. He wobbled, but he didn't fall down. He came straight back up. He looked back down the pitch, gritted his teeth, carried on. And he seems to have got that about his game. And he's hit his first Test match century. Then he's quickly hit two and three after that. He seems to be born to play international cricket. Yeah, it, it, to me, it was almost a look on his face. Um, after he'd been hit by Archer, it was almost as if he kind of said to him, "So you've got, come on, you know, keep coming," and and it 
it was it was refreshing to see and and in his form uh, say he's just gone from strength to strength he's been superb against Pakistan and New Zealand in at the start of the home Australian summer and he's just been kind of rewarded with a, a one day call nothing nothing major but you know it's a it's a new phase of his career it'll be interesting to see how he gets on in that and of course, Glamorgan have got him for next year as well. I, I worry about that a little bit. Um, I, I think if I was a Glamorgan fan, I'd be thinking to myself, he's in, he's in a little bit too good a form for, for my liking. I, I, I wonder how much they'll see of him. Um, I, I think the Australian hierarchy will be kind of looking at that and kind of thinking, oh, I, I'm, I'm not sure we want him to be playing a full, a full season of, of county cricket. But we'll see that those things are a little bit difficult to predict, aren't they, at this stage? We're in December and we're still four or five months away from the first ball being bowled in county cricket. There's a lot of water to go under that bridge yet. It didn't do him any harm last year, did it? Set him off on course for a very spectacular last two-thirds of the 2019 season. So, Marlis Labashane, congratulations. You are the best emerging player of 2019. It's that Badger style. The second award of this glitzy evening is Commentator of the Year, and this can be on either TV or radio. The holder is uh, is Mark Church for his stellar work last year and his charity work. Um, Four nominations for the Commentator of the Year 2019 are Ian Ward of Sky, Jonathan Agnew of BBC Test Match Special, Bumble, David Lloyd of Sky, and Ian Smith of Sky and uh, Down Under. Graham, you've got the envelope. Do you want to do the honours? Have you got a drum roll? I, can't, I can never do that. Oh, right, OK. Oh, well. Ian Smith, um, I think he's a, a, an extremely worthy recipient. He, um, his work during the, the World Cup, it, it wasn't necessarily for, for just Sky News either, was it? But it was, it was the kind of ICC pool that I think is run by ESPN Star. Um, but he was, he was just superb. His, his work on that World Cup final, he summed it up absolutely perfectly at that moment in time, despite clearly being absolutely heartbroken at the result of the sense that he would have, he's played for New Zealand, he would have followed them all around the world, it would have been a massive moment, as it was for every Englishman watching that, whether they were working there at the time or whether they were, were watching on TV. So, so if you just kind of flip that, you would know how much he would have wanted the Kiwis to have won that. Yet still, he cut through all that and managed to deliver the perfect summary of that moment in time. And it's one of those that will always be played on highlight clips and you will remember exactly where you were at that moment in time. And, and for that moment alone, I, thought he, I think he's a worthy recipient, yet he does some absolutely fabulous work around that and is one of the very, very best to listen to when you're watching cricket. I totally agree. And I, I love the way in the final where, as you said so so um, eloquently just then, New Zealand, his team had lost. It was England's trophy. And he basically handed it across to Nasser saying and said, this is your moment. You take it from here. No hogging of the limelight. No hogging of the of, of the kind of serious end of the day. He gave it to Nasser saying to call it home. And uh, yeah, I totally agree. I think he is a very, very deserving recipient of the Commentator of the Year award. Ian Smith, congratulations. Excuse me, Mr. Badger. Sorry to interrupt. 
I've heard Sri Lanka is a lovely country and a great place to see some cricket. Is there anyone you know who can help me get out there to see the cricket and have a fantastic holiday? It sounds like a perfect time to tell you about the experienced travel group then. They're a London-based company with a team in Sri Lanka who put together private tours which include a fantastic cricket package with great seats, lunches, top boutique hotels and after-match drinks to meet fellow enthusiasts. Okay. I love my cricket, but my partner also wants this to be a holiday. Can they make that happen? As Sri Lanka specialists, this is where the experienced travel group come into their own. They will put together a tour that helps you to properly discover the country. They cater for people who want to watch England play cricket abroad and also enjoy a fun, immersive and luxurious holiday in Sri Lanka. Are they really as good as they sound? Well, if I didn't think so, I wouldn't be mentioning them now, would I? This March will be the third trip they've done. Last year, they successfully hosted over 150 cricket and travel fans. 100% of which said they would use the experienced travel group again. It sounds great. How do I book? All you have to do is call 0207-924-7133 or visit experiencedtravelgroup.com. Discover Sri Lanka at your own pace. Take tea in style and be bowled over by its beauty with the experts' experienced travel group. March is an ideal time to visit Sri Lanka from a weather perspective, so why not make Sri Lanka your winter holiday destination and enjoy five days of cricket in one of the world's most picturesque venues. Experience Travel Group's Curious Travellers Cricket Tour. There are no boundaries, but plenty of extras. Go on, book now. The third award of the day is the One Day International Bowler of the Year. And we have the four nominees for that. We have Trent Bolt, New Zealand, Lockie Ferguson of New Zealand. Both of those have taken well over 30 wickets this season. Mohamed Shami for India has been absolutely exceptional in the One Day Arena as well. Mohamed Shami taken 41 wickets in 2019. And finally, to make up the numbers, is... Uh, Mr. Fizzer Rahman, Bangladesh pace man. He's taken 34 wickets this calendar year, and uh, he is the fourth nominee. Let's have a look inside the envelope and see who we're going to pick for this. And the winner is, it's Mohamed Shami, the Indian paceman. 41 wickets at an average of 21.58 this year, an economy rate of 5.28. He's bowling on those Indian wickets, but it doesn't seem to bother him. The Indians are starting to, well, both in test match cricket and one-day cricket, are able to get pace and spin on their own surfaces. And Mohamed Shami has been exceptional in 2019 for Virat Kohli's side. Graham, he's done well, hasn't he? He has. I mean, it was, it was a Seamers World Cup, wasn't it? There was no doubt about that. And whilst it wasn't the, the kind of performance that will, that will win a crucial game... Um, he took a, a hat-trick in the game against Afghanistan at, at Southampton when that game was was just about in the balance. There was half a shout that Afghanistan could, could sneak a surprise and he, he snuffed that out fairly quickly. Um, he, he's one of those bowlers who, watching him, looks fairly innocuous. Doesn't seem to have a great deal of pace about him. Um, you always kind of think to yourself, well, somebody can get hold of him here, but he never seemed to. And he's, he's a very understated bowler, but that kind of belies his skill and, and obviously the wickets he's got. And, and yeah, he's been, he's been exceptional. I'm slightly surprised that there wasn't a mention for Joffrey Archer in this, in this little segment. Maybe that'll come later on. 
for, yes, he, he he hasn't played a full year. Of course not. Um, but the the impact he had, including the the super over under the most intense pressure, deserves some kind of credit. Um, and I would have thought he'd been worthy of a nomination, but probably probably not not enough of a nomination to to get him above Mohamed Shami. Well, you've just done your work for him. He's, he's got more of a mention than, than the rest of the nominees by you bringing him into that. But uh, quite agree with you. Joffrey Archer was exceptional, wasn't he, in that World Cup final? And, and in the games before that, he kept taking three wickets and uh, seeing England into very good positions as they went through that tournament. Joffrey Archer has had a very, very fine first year in an England shirt. But the award goes to India's Mohamed Shami, the one-day all of the year. It's that Badger style. Now let's have a move on to the one-day batsman of the year. And so this is, uh, just before we do, do that, the, the bowling, I mean, you mentioned Joffrey Archer there, but the batting as well, the four nominations for the, the batsman of the year in the one-day arena, none of them are English. And yet England have won the World Cup. It's, it's a slightly bizarre situation. But the four nominees for the batsman of the year, Rohit Sharma, India's opening batsman, 1,427 one-day international runs, and an average of 57, being absolutely superb for India. And he's also obviously come back into the test arena as well. Shai Hope, the West Indian batsman, averaging 62 this year in one-day internationals. And Virat Kohli, it's only going to be a matter of time at an award ceremony before you mention the Indian captain, 1,292 ODI runs at an average of 58.72. And finally, Babar Azam, just over 1,000 runs this year, hasn't played quite as many games as some of the others mentioned in the nominees, but he's averaged over 60 with the uh, bat and has three one-day international centuries to his name as well. Graham, you have the envelope. Would you like to uh, divulge to the expectant nation who is the one-day international batsman of the year? The one-day international batsman of the year, Rohit Sharma. For, for me, the, the performance on the biggest stage at the World Cup, tips it his way quite significantly. Um, century after century after century at the World Cup, um, in record-breaking fashion. And to do it on the stage, to do it on the biggest stage, going, yes, it didn't contribute to a, a World Cup success. India went deep in, in that competition nevertheless, but still do it in, in kind of foreign conditions as well. It certainly wasn't uh, home for him. Um, I, I think tips it in his favour. He's been absolutely exceptional. He's great to watch as well, isn't he? He's just a Rolls Royce of a batsman. Totally agree. I think he's been absolutely brilliant all the way through the year. It's led him to be recalled to the Test team as well, and he's been absolutely exceptional in in all forms for India. India, apart from the World Cup, have had a very very fine year, and uh, Rohit Sharma's been very much pivotal to all of that. So Rohit Sharma, congratulations! You are the one-day international batsman of the year for 2019. It's that Badger style. The next award is the Cricket Writer of the Year. And there are many, many fine candidates for this, including the man at the other end of the line. But you're not nominated. Pick me, pick me. (laughs) Don't don't get excited. You're not nominated. Um, The four (laughs) nominations in this category are George DeBell, Crick Info, the holder of this award from last year. Vichisan Ehandaraja, the independent writer who also wrote for Crick Buzz in 2019, Izzy Westbury from The Telegraph, and The Guardian's Victor Marks. 
Now let's have a look. Open the envelope, and the winner is Bichishan Erhantaraja. Very worthy winner of this award. I thoroughly enjoyed reading his uh, pieces from the World Cup this year. He wrote one in particular, Graham, about a man that we, we know reasonably well, Liam Plunkett, who obviously came from Durham to Yorkshire, had his uh, successes at Durham, then was going nowhere at Durham, came back to Yorkshire to rekindle his career and ended up a World Cup winner. And Vish went through the various stages of Liam Plunkett and talked to a number of different people who were part of his journey. I thought that was an exceptional piece that Vish wrote um, ahead of the World Cup for Liam Plunkett. It wasn't the only piece that he put together as well as the World Cup and England's matches went through 2019. I think he's a really worthy winner of this award. The writer of the year is Vishishan Ehantaraja. Yeah, he, he, he's exceptional, Vish, as, as a kind of reader of the game as well and, and writes in an extremely engaging way. He's a, he, He's a kind of very... Uh, funny uh, and, and again engaging follow uh, follow on Twitter as well. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd fully endorse that completely. The new feature on the Cricket Badger podcast is the letters page. Very much in inverted commas because what we want you to do is to record your comments on to your telephone. Send us the audio to cricketbadger at hotmail.com and we'll play it out as part of that letter page function. Maybe even react to what you say, whether it's an opinion on cricket, international or domestic. Maybe you've got some selection suggestions for the England team or for your county. Maybe you just want to have a bit of a rant. Make it anything up to a minute long. Send it in to cricketbadger at hotmail.com and you might find yourself on next week's podcast. Award number six, the Badger number six, is for the bowler of the year in the Test Match Arena. And we have the four nominations. Pat Cummins, the Australian, superb during the Ashes, 54 Test Match wickets in 2019. That's an average of 20.61. He's been rather impressive as the Aussie seamer, and he is the first nominee. Alongside him is his spin partner, Nathan Lyon, who has taken 41 wickets this calendar year. If he could just catch and do run-outs, Australia would have won the Ashes quite a bit quicker at Headingley, but uh, his bowling has been excellent throughout the season. Stuart Broad, fantastic during the Ashes. He had David Warner on toast, 38 Test Match wickets, in 2019 at an average of 25.78 and finally Neil Wagner of New Zealand we've just seen against England down under how fantastic he was just keeps going just keeps gritting his teeth he never gives up he's all hustle and bustle and takes plenty of wickets along the way 36 in 2019 for him at an average of 17.58 so Graham you have the envelope who is the bowler of the year in the test match arena the bowler of the year for the Test match cricket, Pat Cummins, has been absolutely exceptional, hasn't he? Um, all the way back. It wasn't, it's, it's not just in the Ashes. And again, he started the, the Australian summer in, in pretty fine form as well. But he, he was one of the, the kind of main reasons, alongside obviously Steve Smith with the bat, as to why the Aussies were, were not so dominant, but they always had the whip hand in that Ashes series, didn't they? You always felt they were they were kind of ahead and controlling things and England were playing catch-up. I mean, I'd love to give it to Nathan Lyon, to be honest, just for dropping that run-out chance at, uh, <laughs> at Headingley. Um, I think that will live live long in the memory for, for many people. Um, and, and for that alone, I think he deserves an extreme amount of credit. But, um, 
But I mean, I'm being a little bit facetious there. Pat Cummins was is just absolutely exceptional, and he's um, he's a fabulous bowler who, despite being at the top of his game, will only get better and better and better. Uh, and I think as uh, as we're recording this podcast, he, he's just gone for mega money in the, in the IPL auction as well, hasn't he? So uh, so I think he'll have a fairly reasonable Christmas. There might be a few Christmas turkeys around at his house as a as a result. And uh, and yeah, he fully deserves every every bit of recognition that he's getting at the moment. So if you went for mega money in the IPL, that's what you'd spend your money on, is it? Christmas yeah, turkeys. Christmas turkey. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Party around at Hardcastle. Christmas turkeys galore. Oh, there wouldn't be a party around at mine. I, 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 I would be nowhere to be seen. I'd be, uh, I'd be on a, on a plane to somewhere warm and sunny. There'd be no way I'd be spending Christmas in the cold if I could help it. And you wouldn't phone me first either, would you? Say, James, would you like to come? No, no, I wouldn't. No, no, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd, well, I would phone you and say, "Have a good Christmas." I'll see you soon. <laughs> it's that Badger style. The seventh award of the Badgers. 2019 Cricket Awards is for the Test Batsman of the Year and there's five very fine nominations for this. He could make a case for any of these, Graham, to, to take this award. I'll go through them. Marnus Labuschagne, already been uh, successful this evening, but uh, 1,022 runs at an average of 68.13. Three Test Match tons. Been absolutely superb since he came in as the uh, concussion substitute for Stephen Smith. Stephen Smith! It's the second nominee. 873 test match runs at an average of 79.36. Mayank Agarwal, 754 runs at 68.54. There was an opening at the top of India's batting order. He slipped into it and has made it his own. He's been absolutely superb in 2019. Ajinka Rahani, 642 runs at 71.83. is the fourth nomination. And to make up a trio of Indians being nominated for the Test Batsman of the Year. Guess who? Virat Kohli, 612 runs at 68. He's had another fantastic calendar year as the Indian captain. Special mentions for Rohit Sharma, Ross Taylor of New Zealand and BJ Watling of New Zealand as well, who have all had fantastic calendar years. And the five nominations, Labashane, Smith, Argaval, Rahani and Virat Kohli. Graham, you have the envelope in your hand. Who is the recipient of the Test Batsman of the Year award? The recipient of the Test Batsman of the Year award goes to Steve Smith. Uh, just, just a fabulous return in, in the Ashes. It, it was almost, I don't want to say a one-man team because of what I've just said about Pat Cummings, because he was, he was sensational too. But certainly a, a one-man batting unit, wasn't he, until, until he got a little bit of help late on in that series from, uh, from Manus Wabaskatne. Um, and he was just... You, 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 you pronounce his name differently every time you say it. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody does, don't they? That's the South African one, isn't it? Isn't that the correct, isn't that the, the correct terminology? Well, he's like a shade in my book, and he always will be. Yeah. Steve Smith was just absolutely fabulous to watch. Yeah, not the, not the easiest batsman on the eye with all his idiosyncrasies and, and, and kind of flicks of the pad and et cetera, et cetera, but... He's a craftsman, isn't he? Rather than rather than kind of like an artist with the bat, he, he's he's a he's more of a craftsman who you've just got to admire for for everything he does. Um, not in the greatest form as we speak at the moment. He, he's struggling for um, for a little bit of momentum in the Australian summer, but um, I, I suppose you can forgive him a little bit for a a, 
a kind of dip in form. But what what a series! What a series! I mean, Alistair Cook a few years ago in Australia when he scored 750 runs and took England to to that series in 2010-11 was fabulous, and and that kind of performance from Steve Smith replicated that Cook series, and it was superb. He's, he's what I would class as annoying as an Englishman. He's, it was memories, wasn't it, of, the, of that winter down under where he just batted for... I, I turned Test Match Special on in the, in the depth of the night, and it was always Steve Smith batting, regardless of what day it was, regardless of the match situation. It always seemed to be Steve Smith batting. And we had the same throughout the summer, apart from the one Test Match he missed. He was just in incredible form. And when you hear a batsman talk about having a hunger for runs of of not being satisfied with getting to 50, not being satisfied with getting to 100. That is the definition of Steve Smith, isn't it? He just wanted to bat and bat and bat and never give it up. And he's also Completely. a team man. There were times in that Ashes series where other batsmen would have batted out and thought about their average, thinking I'm on, on, I'm on record-breaking form. He would slog and get out in a run chase or in, in, in an attempt to set a big total. There was no preserving of his own wicket, and I think that's testament to the kind of guy he is. Completely. I mean, yeah, it's always frustrating when the, the, the batsman who's scoring run after run after run is not on your side and you kind of want him out, obviously, but you've just got to sometimes just sit back, admire and enjoy what what's being produced in front of you. And that was very much the case during the summer. You know, and in the end, you almost kind of wanted him to, to continue breaking the records. But the kind of comparisons to Bradman... Are, <laughs> are a little bit difficult for, for, to kind of make when... I mean, I, I never saw Bradman play, obviously. You know, it was out of my, my kind of lifetime. But you see the stats and you see video clips and all that kind of stuff. And you have to trust those those who have seen him. And, you know, you can understand why he's being compared to, to that level of greatness. And, and it'll be interesting to see if he, he kind of lives up to that over the next stage of his career. He's certainly one of the greats of the modern era, isn't he? You know, Bradman was, you say, his black and white Pathé footage, whereas Steve Smith is colour-chrome from 25 different angles and can, just seems to want to bat. And I thought the other thing about Steve Smith was the fact that he was coming back into the international team after the, the year out. Enough's been said about that for us to go on about it again. But, you know, he, he wanted to come back in. He had a point to prove and he just scored runs, and that was the best way of answering any critics that he had. He just came back into that Australian side as if he'd never been away. Fantastic performance from him. When you kind of compare the, the form of, of Smith and Warner, it showed, didn't it, that, that, that kind of Smith just completely hit the ground running, and, and Warner really struggled to, to kind of get to the pace of Test Match Cricket, despite having had a, a, a fabulous World Cup, and, and he was probably the man who, who had the better World Cup of the two. Um, well, there's no problem about it, he definitely did. But Smith, as soon as he got into, into white clothing and, uh, and got into the Test Match arena, there was just no stopping him. Warner was just found out by Stuart Broad, wasn't he? Stuart Broad coming around the wicket, just getting that ball just to nibble away from him. Warner had no answer to that, and that was the one of the, one of the big sort of clashes of the ashes, wasn't it, this summer with Stuart Broad, just having the, the sign over David Warner as that summer continued. Yeah. Warner, Warner just walking off with that kind of smirk on his face as if to say, I've just been done again. Yeah, it almost snowballed into kind of comical territory, didn't it? You know, you almost knew what was coming before it happened. And, uh, and you've got to give Broad a huge amount of credit for that as well. Um, yes, 
Warner was taking time to, to kind of find his feet. And with Rusty, there's no doubt about that. But still, he's a pretty good player. And, and for Broad to to work him out as as kind of comprehensively as he did um, shows that shows that there's there's plenty of life in in Broad's international career to come. Absolutely. But uh, Stephen Smith, congratulations. You are the batsman of the year in the test arena. Discover Sri Lanka at your own pace. Take tea in style and be bowled over by its beauty with the experts' experienced travel group. March is an ideal time to visit Sri Lanka from a weather perspective, so why not make Sri Lanka your winter holiday destination and enjoy five days of cricket in one of the world's most picturesque venues. Experience Travel Group's Curious Travellers Cricket Tour. There are no boundaries, but plenty of extras. Call 0207 924 7133 or visit experiencetravelgroup.com. The next award, Graham Hardcastle and badges everywhere, is for the team of the year. The holders of this is Surrey for their domination of the county championship in 2018. But the four nominees for this year's team of the year are England's one-day international side winning the World Cup, India's test match side beating all before them, absolutely dominant at home, just unbeatable in the test match arena, Virat Kohli's men. We have Cricket Victoria. They did the historic treble, the one-day cup, the Big Bash Trophy and the Sheffield Shield. All were residing in Victoria um, after a terrific year for the Victorian side, dating back a little bit into 2018, but we can forgive them that. And finally, Essex County Cricket Club winning the county championship and taking the T20 Blast in 2019 as well. Anthony McGrath's side, absolutely brilliant in this English summer. Four very worthwhile nominations there, Graham Hardcastle. You have the envelope. Do the honours. I'm going to open this envelope and pass it over to you, this one, because I, I think this is an extremely difficult one to pick. I think there are certainly three very, very worthy recipients of that award. England, Essex, and... Cricket Victoria. You, know, you see, I, think, I was thinking India. Right. Well, India's, in, India's form in Test Match Cricket has just been ridiculous. I think it's 13 successive series they've won now. And it is just a procession of comprehensive wins. Can you, cut the, can you cut the trophy into four separate quarters? It's not getting that way in the world. It is such a hard one to pick. It really is. I, I, I honestly can't split them. I mean, the, the kind of. The romantic side of it would have you would have you go to England winning the World Cup because of the way that that competition finished um, in such spectacular fashion. To me, the best achievement actually is the Cricket Victoria one, winning all three titles. Yes, as you said, it kind of straddled years a little bit, and it was completed at the start of of this year with the Big Bash Trophy from the Renegades, of which Andrew McDonald was was in charge of all three. Um, before his move to to kind of Justin Langer's assistant to, uh, uh, with the Australian national side, and then and then Essex, what an achievement that was to to go and win two trophies in the space of in the space of a week. And, and as you say, India, India's form in, in Test match cricket has been has been absolutely sensational. The one thing I would say against India is that I don't think the competition is actually that great. I think they are. 
significantly above everybody else in the world. Australia are coming up on the rails at the moment a little bit more so recently, but the rest, I think, are very, very, are very, very close. New Zealand will probably have something to say about that, um, but I would, I would back India to to comfortably beat them in in home conditions and. And we'll see over the next couple of months. I think there's a, a series in New Zealand, isn't there, um, reasonably soon between those two nations. Um, so that will be a little bit of an acid test for, for India. But I, I, if you're going for India, I, I, I'm kind of going for the other three, really. But possibly the overlap back, we'll see who is inside. And the winner of the team of the year for 2019 is Cricket Victoria. The winners of oh, the one day one day cup the big bash trophy and the sheffield shield they've done the treble in australia fantastic achievement andrew mcdonald as you say has masterminded that and uh, victorian cricket you have another reason to celebrate you have the badger for the team of the year 2019 i think that will be the most the most kind of lucrative award that they've won to be honest i think they'll be most pleased with that than any other but quite rightly quite rightly yeah it's that badger style that takes us on, Gray. We have two categories left. The Player of the Year and the Lifetime Achievement Award. The Player of the Year, we had four nominations. This was voted for by the Badgers on the Cricket Badger Twitter feed. And the nominations were Virat Kohli, Ben Stokes, Pat Cummings and Steve Smith. Before we read out the result of the poll, Gray, have you got any particular fancies there? Well, that's another one that I'd like to hand back, to be honest. <laughs> it's a very difficult one to pick again. Um, my initial impression would be Stokes for, for the two performances in, at, the most, at the time that was most needed. He had to produce. When he produced his best two performances, he simply had to produce them. There was no ifs or buts. Had he not done what he did, his side would not have won, firstly, the World Cup, and then that Ashes Test match at Headingley, which will go down as one of the greatest test, match, test matches ever, certainly at that venue, if not one of the greatest test matches ever to be played, given that England kind of bounced back from being bowled out for, for 67, I think it was, wasn't it, off the, off the top of my head? So it's the greatest test match at that venue is saying quite a lot as well. It's, it's, that's almost saying it's the greatest test match ever because there's been that many incredible test matches at Headingley down the years that to, to go to the top of that list is in itself quite some feet isn't it yeah i mean you know i I mean it's it's a very subjective comment to make isn't it there will be plenty of people who disagree there will be plenty of people i'm sure will agree but i don't think it's an an outlandish statement to suggest that that it's it's within that kind of realm of it's in that kind of realm i I think that that it was a it was just absolutely unbelievable wasn't it you know I, i remember actually covering a game at trent bridge a t20 game at the same time between Yorkshire and, and Notts and the whole press box was transfixed on on the test match in front of us on the TV which you know many people who've, who've covered cricket will appreciate just how hard that is to, to do when you're covering a T20 game um, when Stokes hit the winning runs the ground kind of erupted it was the biggest cheer of the day people were listening on the radios and maybe watching on the phones and things like that and I believe that the players actually kind of got wind of what was happening and asked the umpires if they could kind of stop the match and go and watch the finish and then yeah. resume the game afterwards. 
And I think that was that was kind of replicated at a few venues around the country as well. So there was no doubt the impact that that test match had on certainly English cricket and and I'm sure cricket in general around the world. Um, for, for me, yeah, there may well be performers who were better and who did more over a consistent period than Stokes. But for for him to produce those two performances when they were most needed under immense pressure, I think I think he deserves he deserves the top honour really. I'll read you the results and see if you were right. The uh, four nominees: Pat Cummings picked up seven percent of the vote. Virat Kohli took twelve percent of the vote. Steve Smith took twenty-one percent of the vote, but with a massive sixty-one percent of the public vote, Ben Stokes is the Badger. Player of the Year for 2019. And as you just said, Graham, I think very well deserved as well. As you said very nicely, over 12 months, you know, if you dilute his performances, maybe not right at the top of the tree, but for box office, for that bit of stardust, for taking his team across the line where other players would have given up, he was just incredible in what was a very special summer for English cricket, having the World Cup on home soil, and for him to drag England across the line at Laws like he did do took just cojones of the immense proportions. He was fantastic, wasn't he, at Lords? Fantastic at Headingley, and I think a very worthy recipient of the Badger for Player of the Year. Completely, completely agree. It's that Badger style. We have one more category, and this is tinged with a little bit of sadness: the Lifetime Achievement Award. Last year, it was given to Alistair Cook, who went out, signed up in style from England's English cricket. This year, we have three recipients of the Lifetime Achievement Award. And you'll know in a second when I read them out that there's a little bit of a theme across these. Firstly, David Gower. His performances on the pitch speak for themselves. His performances, I think, anchoring Sky's TV coverage over the last 20-odd years, however long it is. Absolutely superb. Uh, He signed off at the end of the Ashes with a tear in his eye, I think, and didn't particularly want to go. But David Gower has contributed a huge amount to English cricket and world cricket down the years. And I think he is a very worthy recipient of a Lifetime Achievement Award. Alongside him, picking up the same award, is Ian Botham, beefy. Few better all-rounders have played the game. And obviously he was part of the Sky team as well from the start, alongside David Gower. And he's bowed out as well to spend more time in Australia, more time fishing, more time enjoying himself, I think. But to Ian Botham, hats off to you for a tremendous career and a fantastic time behind the microphone for Sky. And then the third one is a very sad one. Bob Willis recently departed. Obviously will not appear on our screens anymore. Cantankerous old bugger at times, but cared passionately about the sport and alongside Charles Colville with the verdict often said what other people dare not say and I think Bob Willis hats off to you fantastic bowler for England in his time without Bob Willis the 1981 Ashes would have been a completely different thing we know it as Botham's Ashes without Bob Willis's 8 for 43 it would have been Australia's Ashes so these little things change history and Bob Willis changed history that afternoon at Headingley, and he's improved many people's experience of watching cricket as well down the years as well. So the three recipients this year of the Lifetime Achievement Badger, David Gower, 
Ian Botham and Bob Willis. Yeah, completely, completely agree with those three. Um, they've all had, as, they, as you quite rightly say, immense, immense achievement on field and off field, haven't they? Um, you know, they've they've kind of all taken themselves into people's living, living rooms and kind of made themselves extremely popular. The Willis one, for example, what was your phrase? A cantankerous old bugger? I mean, he certainly had that, that kind of on, on-screen persona, didn't he, when he was doing the, the verdict and the debate for, for Sky, the, the review show after, after every day's test cricket. But I don't think it could have been further from the truth when, when you actually hear people's view of him as, as a as a kind of human being away from the screen. I, I didn't know him, I must admit. I, I, I very rarely met him. I think I, the only time I ever met him was um, was asking for his autograph as a kid. Um, I, I may have shared a lift with him at, at Headingley once, I, I seem to remember as well, but didn't really ever speak to him, so so wouldn't know. But you can only go off, off what people say who, who knew him best. And he was a, a warm and, and engaging individual who gave a heck of a lot to to English cricket and, and cared so deeply about them doing well, which which I think is kind of replicated uh, across the other two recipients as well, Ian Botham and uh, David Gower. Two very different characters, but um, but again, exceptional cricketers and, and and very interesting to listen to them talk about cricket, uh, you know, in, in in the media as well. So um, so I would endorse those completely. But the cantankerous old bugger comment was because he, he liked he liked that acerbic kind of um, picking apart people and, and making his comments known. But he always felt that just behind the comments was a little twinkle in his eye and there was a yeah. smile not too far behind it. Yeah, it was it, it was kind of like a little bit more said in jest, wasn't it, in a sense. Um, I completely agree. There was a, a kind of twinkle in the eye. And, and when, when Joe Root did a... Um, a, a kind of mock impression of him at, at Trent Bridge in the mask after after the Ashes a few years ago. Um, Willis didn't really want to to kind of come across as he enjoyed it, but you, he, he could, you just couldn't see anything else. He he found it absolutely hilarious. Um, and, and in that that style of program that he was the face of, he couldn't be anything else, could he? Because it wouldn't it wouldn't no. have been a program had he been. Had he been meek and mild and, and just agreed with everything that Charles Colville said, or or didn't criticise England, he had to he had to give the other the other view in a sense, um, and he did it extremely well. A lot of talk about free to air television and all the rest of it, but Sky have done an amazing job with cricket. I don't think anybody that promotes free to air television or whatever would ever say that Sky have done a bad job. And three men there, Bob Willis, David Garrity, and both have been central to that from from next season onwards. Without them in front of uh, well on our television sets, it's going to be a different viewing experience, isn't it? Yeah, you, you, you've you've summed it up perfectly. Um, uh, you know, we'd obviously be going completely deeply into a, a, a different argument um, that I know that we have different views on. But when you talk about free to air. Cricket back on free to air is needed in this country. Um, I don't think there's any doubt about that. But again, as you summed it up perfectly, Sky have done a fabulous job for promoting this game in this country. Hi, my name is Brian Lara, and you're listening to the Cricket Badger podcast. Well, Brent, that concludes the voting on the badges this evening. It's been a, a terrific year of cricket. 2019 has been a, a summer of cricket that I will never forget. 
a year that I will remember fondly for probably the rest of my life. World Cup success for England, obviously as Englishmen, you know, that's special. The Ashes series was terrific. But just in general, I think, across the whole 12 months, there's been cricket of a very high standard played around the world, as suggested by the the fact that the team of the year, the the Badger has gone to Cricket Victoria for their performances down under. There's been superb cricket played everywhere around the world. Cricket has... I think, benefited from 2019 no end. And it's going to be a hard act to follow, isn't it? It is going to be a hard act to follow. I mean, it's going to have to follow it in a different, in a different direction, um, as, as we kind of know in, in England. But, you know, let's, let's hope it, it kind of does and we see something similar in, in years to come. You know, it'd be a fantastic story if we could replicate it at any point during the next few. It would be fantastic if we could replicate anywhere near what's been produced in 2019. They, they do tend to come once in a generation, these kind of years, don't they? The, 1981 being a, a fantastic summer for cricket with the Ashes. Then we have to wait till 2005, and now it's 2019. So there's a little bit of a gap between each of those. You know, who knows who's going to be playing the fantastic shots and winning the matches in 20 years' time. But I can't wait. It's been a terrific summer, and hopefully out there you agree with the awards that we've given out. Some very worthy recipients, I think, of the badges in 2019. Graham Harcastle, thank you very much for putting on your ball gown and being such a fantastic assistant. No problem at all. Thank you. Have a, have a good Christmas. And to you. And exactly the same to all of the listeners, the Cricket Badges out there. Thank you for listening to the podcast in 2019. We'll be back in 2020. With plenty more of the same, but your comments, your likes on the various platforms that you can download the podcast have been much appreciated in 2019. You can obviously have your comments, cricket underscore badger on Twitter. But until we meet again, badgers, next year, have a very, very happy Christmas. Have a fantastic new year. And until we meet again, enjoy your cricket. Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.